I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, in the very beginning, I was even turning down investors because I told them directly, I said, I don't know how to multiply your money. So that was one of the biggest things that I kept coming to Innovate Mississippi about. I was like, hey, how can you help me commercialize this? Find me a commercialization expert. Mississippi is known for our music, our food, and hospitality, but we're also a state full of creativity, innovation, and entrepreneurs. From Innovate Mississippi, this is Startup State. Today, Gary talks with Bilal Kizilbosh, founder of EasyKale. Inspired by a cancer research breakthrough, Bilal's EasyKale is a powdered kale that can be added to meals or recipes in order to add the superfood to your daily diet. Easy Kale is a Mississippi Seed Fund Award recipient. I'm Gary Watts. Thank you for joining us for the latest Startup State podcast. So tell me a little bit about this product, Easy Kale, Bilal. Sure. In its simplest form, it's just powdered kale. Now, it's how we get it to its powdered form is a little special, but uh, most people like the parsimony of the simplicity of it all. So um, the whole point was to help make such a great vegetable easier to consume. But why kale to begin with? Um, actually, back in 2013, my team and I, we had a research breakthrough. We found that juice curly kale selectively kills melanoma cancer cells in vitro while not affecting non-cancerous cells. Uh, went to numerous places, talked about our breakthrough. One is um, Yale University, the Global Health and Innovation Conference there, and several other places. And one of the biggest things I started to realize as I was talking about the discovery is that people hate kale. <laughs> they really don't like the taste of it. They really don't like the texture of it. Well, you know, that's interesting because there is one restaurant that I go to in, in Mississippi that has a strawberry and kale salad, and it is my favorite thing to get in the restaurant. Oh, yeah. So if you put it with the right things, it works, right? That's absolutely the case. And also, it takes a lot of work to prepare the kale for restaurants. So usually you have to massage it, and then they usually destem it. So there's a lot of work that goes into making it very palatable. Um, in fact, actually, in the early uh, stages of our research, uh, when we were talking about our discovery, some people would joke saying that I was working so much that instead of massaging the kale, I should get a massage. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, that was one of the biggest uh, issues with it, especially when it came to taste. So I tried to figure out a way to make it easier for people to consume on a daily basis. And I originally developed some, another product called the Kale Cubes, which gives you all the benefits of juice curly kale, but none of the work. The problem is I couldn't mitigate the taste and many people didn't like the taste. Anyway, what, because, because of its bitterness, basically. Exactly. And then you're concentrating it too. Um, the thing that I didn't expect was the powdered kale actually started performing better. Uh, so I developed a powdered kale as well. It was six times the concentration and it was um, also six times the flavor. So it was kind of disgusting in the very beginning. So I thought everyone would be like, hey, I'm going to do it for my health. And turns out people know eat with their emotions versus what a logical manner, right? <laughs> so had a little bit of a crisis there because even when we were giving it away for free, people were saying that this was so disgusting, get it away from us. So eventually uh, uh, we decided, uh, well, not decided, I, I was giving it away for free at the local restaurant Aladdin. Yeah. Uh, so they are amazing. Uh, Yusuf is amazing. He was a, he took a risk. He put my crazy product on the tables. We didn't even have a name for it back then. So it was just kale powder. And most people were like, this is gross. So it's like salt or pepper. It's just sitting there in a shaker. <clears throat> yeah. I, I wouldn't say salt or 
pepper because people actually liked that back then. <laughs> but yeah, so we took it off the tables, uh, had a little bit of a crisis there. Eventually I figured out four and a half months later by accident, because I wasn't sleeping enough, uh, how to minimize the flavor profile of the kale while keeping the nutrition. And in the very beginning, I thought it was a fluke. And I was just like, oh, what did I do? Went back. I was able to reproduce it several times. And I'm like, huh. I'm on to something here. But, you know, one of the things with being uh, an inventor slash uh, innovator, you tend to think your stuff is the best thing since sliced bread, right? So I said the real test would be to see how the market reacts to it. So talk to Yusuf again. We put it out on the tables for free, and it got to the point that people loved it so much they started stealing it. So that's when he was like, we got to sell this. And that was the beginning of Easy Kale when it wasn't called Easy Kale. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. let's let's back up a little bit. So tell, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got even into this industry or this field or science or, you know, let's go back a, a little bit sure. from the uh, beginning. I have my master's in medical sciences. And back then when I was actually getting my master's in medical sciences, that's when we had the breakthrough. Let me tell you, I did not uh, anticipate my trajectory would be involving kale. <laughs> it's just not what we're trained in. It's not what we're taught anything about. Um, but yeah, what ended up happening is... Let's go back even further. When I was working for uh, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, at that time I was working a lot of hours and I was getting home exhausted and my mom saw that and she was like, hey, Bilal, you want to try some juices? And I was like, okay, sure, because she was on this juicing kick. So she gave me these really cool fruity juices for the first three days. And then by the fourth day, she asked me if I wanted a hardcore juice. I said, let's do this. So she gave me a green juice. It was the most disgusting thing I ever had in my entire life. Well, I mean, at least in my viewpoint then. Anyway, so I told my mom, I said, don't ever give me anything like that again. Now, what was happening at that time, I was much younger. And at that point, I was getting more and more skin tags on my neck. I was uh, I actually spoke to my doctor. And he told me it's a natural part of the aging process. Um, but what was interesting is after trying trying that hardcore juice about three or four days later in the shower, I noticed my skin tags both reduced in size as well as in number. So I'm like, what the hell happened? Because, uh, you know, they were just increasing in size and stuff. And then I realized I had my burgers, my pizza. I was eating like I normally do. The only new element that I introduced was my mom's juices. And I asked her, what did you put in the juice? She said, you know, uh, carrots, uh, ginger, mango, all the stuff I've had before without seeing such results. And then she mentioned this thing called kale. I'm like, what the hell is kale? So I started doing a little bit more research on it back then. So I also have a BS in biology from Stony Brook University. Um, so at that point, I realized there wasn't a ton of research being done specifically on kale, but it was being done on the brassica family, which is broccoli, cabbage. Um, so people who enjoy kimchi, things like that. Uh, kimchi is obviously a fermented food. It's something different. But um, but the kind of like leafy vegetables. Kind of. Well, broccoli. I well, broccoli is not really leafy, I don't guess. I, I like to call those little trees and eat them and act like I'm a giant. But um, yeah, I'm also eccentric, so I'm sorry. But that's all right. <laughs> but yeah, so I saw all that research was tied specifically to broccoli and the sulfur pain. But there really wasn't uh, a lot of research done specifically on kale and cancer in particular. Well, what was interesting, why the connection between kale and cancer with the skin tags? Skin tags are fundamentally little benign tumors. Um, gene transcription errors, imagine uh, it's, it's like a gene mistake. So that's what kind of clued me in that, that direction. So after seeing there wasn't a ton of uh, research at that time, I started uh, going through stage three and stage four cancer patient forums. Uh, by the way, don't do that if you're depressed. 
because you will see somebody posting and then all of a sudden they drop off and then a month later their family comes on and mm. says they passed away. Mm. But something interesting started to emerge as I sorted through thousands upon thousands of posts. Uh, People who switched to a, a more natural lifestyle, cutting out the junk food, drinking more water, they tolerated chemo better. They didn't necessarily go into remission, but they were tolerating the chemo better. Those that actually did go into remission, guess what kept popping up in their little juice recipes, smoothie recipes and things like that? Kale. So at that time, I had a little, I still have a notebook of ideas, which I have numerous other ideas that I'm working on. Uh, so I just wrote that down as one of the possible ideas that I need to look into. I never thought I'd actually eventually do cancer research and it'd be one of the ideas I pull from. <laughs> and next thing you know, got into Dr. Elizabeth Brandon's lab. And then we tested the crazy idea to see what the whole natural vegetable does because now why it's not just some random guess. There's numerous components and uh, compounds within kale that individually uh, induce apoptosis, which is programmed cell death in numerous cell cancer lines. So one of the biggest innovations that we did, which really honestly wasn't that innovative was saying, let's test the whole natural vegetable and see what the heck happens, especially if it's got all this stuff in it that does this and see what happens there. And uh, then we had the interesting breakthrough that we did and, Next thing you know, we're flowing up to Yale to talk about our cool stuff. So basically what you're saying is in those posts that you saw, mm -hmm. the people that use kale as part of their their diet while they're on chemo had better quality of life than those that didn't. Uh, Not that it put them in remission. From a purely observational standpoint, I mean, that's where users are self-reporting. It's not really a scientific study. It's anecdotal, if anything. But I was uh, looking just for more information, just to find out more. So, um, cause the other thing you have to also be careful of is correlation doesn't equal causation. Right. So that, that was just something that kind of was like, Hey, you should check this out. There's something interesting going on there. Like, you know, it's not some definitive thing, but yeah, it was something interesting that was uh, popping up there. It wasn't just kale though. I guess in intolerating chemo better, increasing their water content. And uh, like, if you see some of their diets prior, many of them were eating Cheetos, root beer, things like that. And once they, and, and also the other thing is if you sort through the posts, you start to see the darker side of things where they can't keep food down. So at that point, their doctors are getting desperate for them to eat anything they can keep down. So if they can keep down, keep down Cheetos, they're like, eat it then eat whatever you need to do to keep, uh, prevent yourself from vomiting. So, um, yeah, it was just interesting to observe some of those things there. Well, so tell me, so what's, what's the future look like for easy kale? What's kind of your, your plan of action going forward to kind of get it distributed? Sure. We're selling exclusively right now on Amazon Prime. And once we build enough sales momentum there and demand, we're eventually going to transition into retail stores. But we might be transitioning into retail stores sooner than we thought because we're also one of the smallest companies on the Loop Store program. So it's a zero waste platform. It's really a brilliant idea. Basically, the old milkman days when the milkman brought the container of milk to your house, you drank it, finished it, you put the empty container out, cleaned it, brought back with new fresh milk. So it's kind of like you're not wasting anything in that process where um, joining that to help one reduce our eco, our green, uh, sorry, our carbon footprint. But also it's about sustainable packaging. Why should we, why should we 
we be wasting when we don't have to? Right. And I've been encouraging consumers since the early days to reuse our shakers. So so basically, if I want to go get some easy kale right now, I would just go to Amazon. Amazon Prime, yeah. Prime. Two and days. Just put, mm-hmm. And it's there in two days. And do you or have, one day if you want to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so do you have different sizes? No, we only have one size. So one of the things is that we don't want the customer to die by choice. Uh, this is a common uh, paralysis that we see on Netflix, for example. People will sit there. There's so many movies and they keep, they spend that hour and a half scrolling instead of actually watching something. So in the beginning, uh, we did actually have another pouch. Like it, I called it Poochie. It was a kale Poochie. I thought it was funny. Anyway, um, we ended up simplifying the options right now, and then we're going to be introducing uh, new products in a staggered manner. So next year, I've, we're developing a product right now that basically it helps enhance the bioavailability of flavonoids uh, without altering the kale again. So it's completely natural. And there's another one that uh, my investors and teammates don't like the name of, but it's called Shitty Kale. Uh, it's a natural laxative. So it's incorporating the kale element. <laughs> I really am not good at naming things, but uh, when you go, you go and you go big. Well, hey, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, if, if you've created the product, I think you ought to have the benefit of naming the product. I guess. Well, if anything, um, with that product in particular, I should partner with some toilet paper companies. We could do some good business together. <laughs> yes, you could. All right. So tell me a little bit about how you and Innovative Mississippi have worked together and how have they kind of helped you through this process? Oh, Innovate's been tremendously supportive since the very beginning back when I just had my cancer research breakthrough and I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, in the very beginning, I was even turning down investors because I told them directly, I said, I don't know how to multiply your money. I said, when it comes to science, yeah, we can do that all day. But I said, in terms of commercializing it, I don't know. So that was one of the biggest things that I kept coming to Innovate Mississippi about. I was like, hey, how can you help me commercialize this? How do we find me a commercialization expert? Um, And eventually we got enough traction to the point that we caught the attention of a larger wholesale company. And then they started talking about things I didn't understand, such as minimum buys and this insurance stuff. And I'm just like, okay, I don't really know how to navigate that. That's when I reached out to Innovate Mississippi. And then they connected me to Rich Sun and Rich Sun has become one of my really good friends now, my best friend. And we're having lots of fun. And he's also one of the investors in the company and co-founder. Okay. Isn't it great though, when you can do something you love and you have fun doing it? Oh, absolutely. You're not working a day in your life then. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Tell me, you know, I, I, when, when I was reading a little bit about your, uh, your product, I saw that you, you kind of targeted maybe some young mothers and busy professionals, that kind of thing. Give me your thoughts on, do you feel like this millennium generation is really more focused on being healthy and doing things more so than generations uh, ahead of them? <laughs> And if so, does that open up the market for you? So that's an interesting question because we were talking about this maybe a week ago. Um, when it comes to young mothers, we weren't specifically going out and targeting them. It turns out they kind of reveal themselves to us because um, as we were selling the product, we realized that uh, – a young mother actually came up and she was talking about how she was squeezing in her easy kale into her son's mayonnaise, ketchup, mustard, things like, so she was sneaking into his food. So I didn't really pay much attention to be honest with you the first time. And then next, you know, the week after that, a bunch more mothers came. And then I ended up finding out moms have the secret group texts that they talk amongst each other. And we were spreading amongst them. And next thing you know, for the first time we sold out thanks to the moms. So we realized that our key demographic right now and our 
or easiest low hanging fruit in regards to the business is upper income mothers because they don't really have a lot of time. And I don't personally have children. Hopefully one day I do. I have a cat, but um, apparently children are really difficult to feed when they don't want to eat something. So the fact that the moms can sneak it in is a huge boon for them. Uh, in regards to millennials, it's a little bit of a different uh, generation. So we're talking about a lot of the prior generation experiencing hardship than my generation hasn't necessarily faced in quite the same way. We're talking about like the or scarcity of food. We're talking about the Cold War era, uh, all the way up into the 90s, practically. Right. And then we got a lot of the millennial generation, which I'm actually part of, ironically, um, because someone was talking to me two weeks ago. They were like, your millennial generations are good for nothings. And thank God you're not part of it. And I was like, I am. And then I told them how old I am. They're like, oh, we didn't know. Because <laughs> they were telling me how entitled and lazy my generation apparently is. Um, <laughs> which is which is always fun to hear. Well, you know, I, I think that I think that from our generation's perspective, it it uh, it's it's either you are or you aren't. There's not a lot in between with yeah. with the millennials. You know, you either are or you aren't. Yes. And there are people like you that are they're ultra motivated and uh, successful, and then there's people that kind of just go with the flow. You know. Well, it's ironic because one of the biggest things, and this is across all generations, and this is something that I've noticed that I've been able to touch regardless of age when it comes to people, is just being human. Just be you. Be wonderfully flawed and uh, embrace it. So that humanity element is what also drives a lot of the work that I do from the feeding the homeless to running the Draw a Smile Foundation, also being part of the board of directors for the Mississippi Food Network. Uh, I mean, these are all really impressive sounding stuff, but if you really boil it down to what I do, it's focused on humanity, just being a decent human being. And it's so funny because everyone asks me, what do you do for a living? I say, I try to be a decent human being every day. And they laugh, but they don't realize I'm serious. Like some people really challenge you. They'll, they'll come up and they'll say so crazy stuff. And you're just like, okay, I hope you have a chill day today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so tell, tell me a little bit more about the, this, the, the homeless stuff you do. You oh know? yeah. We've been doing that now. We're about to hit our sixth year. Can you believe that? We've been doing that every week, every Friday for over six, almost six years now. Uh, it started just while my friends and I, we were in Jackson, Mississippi from Clinton. Uh, and we ended up seeing some people eat from the trash can in Jackson. I'm like, wait, what? This is a first world country. Why is this happening? Uh, and then on top of that, when you dig a little deeper, we found out many of these people are veterans and we're like, ah, this is no good. So we started buying them pizzas and running all over Jackson, uh, feeding them. And then we eventually realized that this is not smart nor effective. Um, so what we started doing is actually consulting with the homeless and we asked them, what do you need? What holes do you need us to fill for you? How can we help you? Uh, versus us saying, hey, Mondays is easiest for us because our school schedule is light and then we'll show up and feed you when it's convenient for us. So what ended up happening is after consulting with the homeless, they told us that uh, Monday through Thursday, they had three square meals a day and they told us about the different resources available to them. And they said the real hole and the gap was Fridays afternoon. So apparently most places stopped feeding at 12 noon on Fridays. Uh, so they were like, they don't know what to do for dinner. And I gave them my word back then. And that was over six years ago. And we kept that word every week, rain, shine snow, ice storm, it doesn't matter. One of us is out there feeding. 
Wow. And do you go to a certain place every time they know where you're going to be? Smith Park, so yes. Smith Park. So we joke and we say we're franchising humanity because now there's other states looking to replicate our model. And our model isn't complicated. It's about sourcing and directly addressing the needs of the local community. Uh, for example, we had one Are You Hungry that was interested in starting in Philadelphia, and they wanted to copy our model exactly. And I said, no, 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 you cannot do that. It's going to fundamentally fail. Because if you're not locally sourcing the solution, you're not going to, you can have a temporary buy-in because everyone's going to feel good. It's a charity. It's like, yeah, I did something great today. And then eventually the novelty is going to wear off. And then next, you know, everything's going to fail. So planning for that burnout is what's the biggest key to success in this. Good. Well, so how many of you now collectively do that? We have many volunteers. Oh, my God. I, in the very beginning, uh, when it was the students and I, when they were busy, the homeless would actually step in, up and volunteer and help me out uh, back then. And now we have easily over 20, 30 volunteers that are pretty consistent. And do they all just kind of pitch in? For the food, absolutely. So, uh, it's myself, some group, a group of doctors. The uh, MIC, which is the Magnolia Islamic Center, also k- kicks in as well. Uh, some of the local churches they donate uh, sporadically. Aladdin donates quite a bit. Uh, Boston Fish Supreme gives us three hundred dollars worth of food every week. He's been doing it for years. He refuses payment and really chilled people. I tell you, um, but yeah, it's a it's a community collaborative wow. effort. Yeah. Salamukis gives us a huge discount when it comes to buying pizzas for the the needy. So we really have a lot of local support as well, which is awesome. Well, somebody told me that you had, you were really, really, uh, uh, interested in comic books. Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> I'm a huge comic fan. Actually, it's so funny. Just before I got here, I was looking at some of the latest action figures that Hasbro is planning on releasing. So I'm a big action figure nerd. Uh, Marvel Comics is my my choice of poison, if you want to call it that. And I love all the Marvel movies. I mean, Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man Homecoming, love those. Yeah. It, it, to me, especially when it comes to, I guess, Marvel, I enjoy a bit more because it's a little bit more science-based. And also, I like the fact that they have uh, powerful female figures. Instead of being the consistent damsel in distress, some of the most powerful characters in Marvel are women, such as Sue Storm, Jean Grey. Um, I mean, Storm herself actually is one of those. We're talking about Omega-level mutants, which is like really high if you don't know what that means. Um and then they have just a really unique, diverse uh, range of characters with very interesting black backstories. So like people like Magneto, Professor Xavier, uh, Iceman, Cyclops, all these characters have very deep, rich histories. And many people can relate to them. Like one of my favorite characters is Captain America. I love Cyclops as well. And Spider-Man. So tell me if you, had, if you could fast forward five years from now with Easy Kale, where, do you, where would you like to be in five years? Five years. I would love for us to be in retail. I would love for us to be a household name. And also because of the work that we do, I would love for us to uh, continue doing our charitable work. So the company was founded on an Ubuntu principle. Most people know the Ubuntu principle being that I am because we are. But there's a deeper meaning that most people don't know, which also means when we are rich, then I am rich. So Easy Kale has a plans to help the Draw a Smile Foundation, which also in time will eventually develop parks and is going to develop sustainable housing for the poor. So uh, it's really funny because when I was talking to a reporter about a month ago or so, and she said she was really impressed with the work we're doing now, I said, when we have more money, I think she'll be in awe with what we're going to do then because our focus is not on ourselves, it's on others. Okay. That's, that's the great principle to live by. Yeah. 
So you were invited to the most recent Global Entrepreneurship Summit, correct? And, and that was in the Netherlands? The State Department chose about 200 of the most innovative companies. This is exactly what they told us uh, out of the entire country. And I still couldn't believe that we were one of them. We were recommended by uh, someone from Southern USM, uh, Mississippi State, as well as UMMC, which is the largest uh, hospital in Mississippi. So went over there, they had us do our latest uh, press announcement with our latest cancer breakthrough, which was super cool. And overall, I mean, just as a culture in a city, it's amazing The Hague. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's been, they, they filled out our schedule with really awesome private beach parties and different events. And it was just a ton of fun meeting so many different people that I'm still in contact with today. So it was a fantastic experience. Do you have any interesting partnerships you're working on? Yeah, actually, we have several partnerships that we have not publicly disclosed just yet in regards to research partners, but we are making a public announcement to EasyCale Labs and Bellhaven University trying to kill cancer and also make chronic illness a thing of the past. I don't know if I mentioned to you earlier that we uh, made it as a finalist to the most fundable companies in the country by Pepperdine University. Wow. So we're trying to represent Mississippi and make it proud. Uh, the city of Jackson just told us also we're getting a proclamation of support, which is so cool. I cannot begin to tell you the number of things that have been happening, like even beyond what I just talked about. Um, Pepperdine's most fundable university uh, um business company in the country where beyond the finalists, they actually were interviewing us throughout the entire week. Oh, wow. So hopefully we win. And then, man, we, we really will represent Jackson, Mississippi well, on a national so level. Where, where are you physically located? Jackson, Mississippi. Well, our actual uh, uh, farm is in Illinois. So they're about 500 miles out of, uh, outside of Chicago. Um, and then the manufacturer we're using is based in Watkins Glen, New York. So that's been a long dream, long term dream of mine. I've wanted to hire intellectually disabled individuals to um, produce a product. And we finally got to a level where we could actually do that. So now our product is being produced by handy capable people. And I love it. If people are interested to know more about Easy Kale, tell us how they can find more about it, you know, social platforms, kind of give us some information about that. Absolutely. The easiest way is to go to easykale.com. So E-A-S-Y-K-A-L-E.com. Also, we have a shorter version if you're into that, because some people, we know people's time is very valuable, right? So it's letter E, letter Z, K-A-L-E.com. So that's a quick guided uh, version of that. But if you want more detail, you can go to the website. Uh, And also a cool thing on the website is we're big believers in transparency. So just because we say it is what it is, doesn't mean you have to believe it. We had it tested by two independent international, well-recognized third-party labs, and we published those results on our website as well. So anyone wants to go through the weeds, they're welcome to do so. Uh, and also our social media platforms, my personal one um, that's being managed now is Bilal.Kizzlebosh, and that's for Instagram, so it's at Bilal.Kizzlebosh. Um, my personal one I won't mention because it's got lots of cat pictures and action figure stuff. And EasyKale is EasyKale Shaker, so that's on Instagram. And then Facebook, just type in Easy Kale Shaker, you'll find us. Yeah, and we'll put all those links in the show notes uh, for those that are listening to this so you can have easy access to Bilal's information and, and his product. But we are so thankful that you came and spent some time with us today, and uh, good luck, and uh, we're excited to see what happens in the future. Thank you. I'm excited, too. Let's start something great. From Innovate Mississippi, this has been Startup State. For more information on the Startup State podcast and entrepreneurial services offered by Innovate Mississippi, visit innovate.ms.
Startup State is sponsored by Fuse.Cloud. Fuse.Cloud provides businesses of all sizes worry-free IT solutions. Visit Fuse.Cloud for more information. This podcast innovatively produced in Mississippi by MWB Studios.